3: It's Gabe Ramirez. Nice little jazz, little salsa, little r and vocalist, Celia Cruz, big time Cuban. And I know your favorite Cuban artist, Pitbull. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Dale. Dale.
0: <laughs> and Alyssa Bergamini.
4: Back in February when everyone wanted the Bulls to make some type of move, some type of trade, It was the Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the only two teams that did not make a move back then. So the inactivity, it is feeling similar once again.
0: On 670 The Score, and always live on the free
3: Odyssey app. I love the fact that you're very serious on your intro. I know. (laughs) I was like, wow. Serious, Alyssa. (laughs) (laughs) Hard-hitting. Alyssa Bergamini. Uh, It's Gabe Ramirez, Alyssa Bergamini, and it is 670 The Score, broadcasted live from the Score Hyundai Studios. We're going to be hanging out with you guys. Until 9 o'clock, so on your way home, make sure your hands are on 10 and 2. Uh, while we uh, give you the goods, man, 620, Vinny Duber is going to be hanging out with us in uh, just a little bit, talking some White Sox baseball. That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, 7 o'clock, we get to talk to Taylor McGregor from the Marquee Network. And then 8 o'clock, we get to talk about a little bit of gambling. But well, one of the greats, I know it's. Uh, I don't like to say that too often about people, but Dan Karpuck, I follow him on Twitter. We've had the chance to talk several times over, and, and he he's – He's really on top of his stuff.
4: He's sharp. He's we like all the about sharp the money. Bettors. Yeah,
3: we like the sharp better. So it'll be interesting to uh, get an opportunity to chat with him. But in the meantime, listen, um, you and I had the opportunity to work together Thursday for the Bulls NBA draft special. Correct. It was crazy because you and I, the next day I worked with Grody. So mm-hmm. we got to talk about the fact that we were off the air.
4: Right. right I know. Before the
3: trade happened I know. for Julian Phillips. What were you doing at that time? Were you in on the AK? Uh, yes. Okay, you were I there. I stayed. Okay. I wanted to see it through. So you were by yourself just at the table with Porth or by yourself just chilling with like a no stayed
4: for a good amount of time, and then the midnight oil started burning, and then yeah. I think he was like, I'm out. Which he's a kid at home, Brooklyn, so I totally, get it. totally get that. So you're but rolling I'm, like, solo I'm, a- at this point. I'm already here. I might as well just stay. And Chuck was doing his show, and... um. Tyler Farringall texted me, was like, Can you come back on? Chuck wants to talk to you again. I was like, I, I absolutely can. But just so you know, our tourist is about to come to the podium soon. So as I'm on the phone with Chuck on the air, a few minutes later. Are you go like by, on the telephone? Yeah. Because
3: Ryan had left. Yes. So you were just I, I was like, like, oh, they took okay. they took all yeah. the
4: mics. And yeah. Tyler was like, Well, we can just yeah. call. Who cares? Right. I was like, okay. So me and Chuck talked for a little bit, and I'm, I'm kind of whispering because they're getting set up, and oh. everything seems so serious yeah. for a presser. And um, I, Chuck is talking, and I said, Chuck, I got to cut you off because our tourist is coming to the mic, and I'm sure so you want to hear what he has to say as opposed to what I'm saying, just breaking it down. So he came to the mic with uh, Mark Eversley, and they spoke for 10, 12 minutes. Yeah.
3: Where you when you when you saw them come to the mic as representatives of the Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. after making a trade, which was interesting because the next day, Grody and I were like, "What was the trade for?" And it literally said in all publications, "TBD,"
5: mm-hmm. to be
3: determined. It was just it just gave the Bulls the pick, and the, they'll just figure it out later. So did they seem like a defeated bunch? Did they seem like some disappointed parents? Like what what was what was the vibe for you, or, or did it seem like it was just a culmination of a very long evening? And yeah. they just had to speak at the end of it.
4: Well, Arturis seems very soft-spoken to begin with. Yeah. So he has kind of a monotone type of a voice. So that is, for me being, you know, a part of the media member, when I'm listening to this, you're taking any word he says and really breaking it down. So, you know, Cody or Casey Johnson asking him, you know, the hard-hitting question. So you're, you're listening to exactly what he's saying then. But um seemed to me I, I wasn't – I didn't feel optimistic after, but he did bring up, you know, hey, pay attention during free agency. So, you know, we didn't do much today during the actual NBA draft. You know, we got the number 35 pick in the second round. But, hey, pay attention for um, June 30th when that comes up for free agency. So I don't really know where their head is at. I know, you know, the common theme, the common word is continuity. So are they going to make any moves? Are we keeping DeMar – you know, Nikola
3: so much stuff. Zach
4: Levine rumors. He he always shuts that down. He doesn't want to talk about anything, you know, rightfully so negative about Zach Levine and all the trade rumors. And I think that's maybe what it is, just rumors. But there could be more, and maybe maybe we'll find out, you know, coming Friday.
3: Alyssa, I think that AK is more creative than we give him credit for. I think he orchestrated a quick rebuild for the Chicago Bulls after evaluating talent. And people are unhappy with where they're at in the present. But, you know, where they were to where they are is a huge jump. And I think AK is looking at the media and the fan base and pretty much just saying, like, let me cook. You let mm-hmm. you let Ryan Poles cook over there. Let him do his thing. Let me have that same ability. And a lot of people are talking about some someone in particular like Fred Van Fleet. Could it be in a situation where the Toronto Raptors who are in the midst of a rebuild, you hear them trying to move on from Pascal Siakam. Uh, you hear them trying to move on from Fred Van Fleet. If they, can, if they can create some scenario where he comes to the Bulls, and, and there's rumors out there where it's like, oh, Toronto would then be willing to take on Lonzo Ball's contract so they can go to the NBA and kind of rid themselves of that, of that burden. And it was interesting. Casey Johnson was on with Mullion Hall uh, Friday, and he talked about whether or not Van Fleet coming to the Bulls was even a real a, a possibility.
5: Well, Fred Van uh, completely unrealistic unless it's a trade because he, the Bulls will not be – even with all this talk stuff I'm talking about, they're not going to be a team with cap space. They're going to be using exceptions, and the highest exception is the mid-level, which is o- just over $12 million. Fred Van Vliet signed up for more than $12 million, so he's out unless you trade for him. Uh, Shrews, I possibly probably, – probably could get for the mid-level, um, but, you know, I, I have not done a ton of reporting on this, but my early sense is that, you know, Miami's pretty keen on trying to resign him. But uh yeah, I mean underrated defender too, by the way. You know, good team defender takes charges in the right place at the right time, responsible team defender, and a very, very good shooter. So I, I don't mind that name. Um but uh you know, they have a lot of other needs. So I'm not I'm not sure I see them using all of their mid level exception on one player. Maybe they split that up. Again, I'm guessing here. Um, but Strews would be, would, would be a fine addition.
3: Again, Casey Johnson with Mullion Hall right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. She's Alyssa Minnie. When you hear that, mm-hmm. right, and you also hear or you heard firsthand AK say, you know, wait till free agency, you know, where do you think he his mind is in terms of improving the team if it's not? Okay, better question. What level of player do you think he's going to bring in? If it's not a Van Fleet like Casey Johnson is saying, which would be that top tier guy, like what level of player is AK leaning towards when talking about judge me after free agency? What do you think?
4: What I found out last year working the full season, I know you covered a game for me. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> don't want to not shout you out on that. Um, the Bulls are dead last in three-point makes and takes. And I don't know why he wouldn't be out there looking for a player that could shoot threes. And he did bring up how they were developing player development this season. They've been working on that during the offseason. They're going to work on that um, you know, this whole summer. But I know Max Strews was brought up. I know I made a lot of player prop bets on him last year, over two-and-a-half threes, over three-and-a-half threes. And I, I do remember a lot of those hits. So I'm – not opposed to the Max, Max Struce. He also is a Palace Park native. Um, Shout out to the local guy. I know. But also Fred Van Fleet, Rockford. So two Illinois guys.
3: Shout out to the not so local, but like kind of <laughs> in the same state. Yeah, yeah. So that's in cool. In the same
4: state.
3: I just wish, I just, I just, I have faith in AK. Do you have faith in him? Because I, I, most people are just like, oh, what's going on? And I, I, I'm i more so like, he, he, he made a decision, a definitive decision, bringing in Lonzo Ball, where a lot of people were aware of his injury history Mm. and, but, but he made a choice. And I think that's, what's important from an executive's standpoint. And so now he has to reevaluate once again, the Chicago bulls roster and make some definitive decisions. And I'm just curious. I'm just interested. I think it's, it's cool place to be for fans to see like, okay, you know, obviously this executive AK is in a position for a reason. We are not, exactly. we are not more qualified to be in that space. Right. So, so, it should be fun for a Chicago fan to sit in that pace and be like, "Yo, me, like, <laughs> wow, we get to see what he would do, and then we can judge it, right?" Exactly. Like, so many people are coming to such like such a conclusion on AK, and he hasn't even done it yet. He hasn't even tried to improve the roster for this. People are like, "Oh, he didn't do it last year." Well, yeah, he was still banking on Lonzo Ball coming back, right? And he, he thought that could be the case. Something that
4: I find interesting too is. He buries the lead with Lonzo Ball a lot, which I get it because it is more of a negative topic. But it takes until four or five questions in and then someone has to say, so what's the status on Lonzo? I don't know why up front they can't just get that off the table. And he did, you know, after that question was asked, you know, negative news, you know, probably not going to be back for next season. Um, he's saying he hopefully gets to see him play basketball, which I also feel bad for, of course, Lonzo Ball. But to go back to your question, I do have faith in Arturus. Okay. As of now,
3: hmm.
4: I'm hoping there'll be some moves on Friday. I don't know this. The season ended two games under 540 and 42. Um, they've only won a single playoff game sid- since that Vooch trade. So, kind of when you're looking more into postseason, it's one not more. That's th- one more than they had
3: won all those other years. One more before
4: than those that, guys. exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I'm on the same page with you, where you're. An optimistic guy. I try yeah. to be optimistic. Um, it's so exhausting talking about, like, bad teams and losses all the time. Like, I, I'm so tired of talking about that. <laughs>
3: I just think it can't be a case where we're constantly trying to compare, like, a championship team to everyone else. Yes. I understand th- there are certain years where where you can do that, mm-hmm. right? Like they've been doing with the White Sox, right? Mm-hmm. Where they thought they were in a championship window. And then you you can say they suck in comparison to that. But it's like... Sixty percent of the league, whatever major league sports league you're talking about, are working towards being a team that can compete, and I think the right. Bulls are in that space. I just think AK doesn't get uh, enough enough grace in that area. But we'll, we'll talk a lot more Bulls as the show goes on. Again, Gabe Ramirez, Alyssa Berger, Minnie, hanging out with you guys till nine o'clock, and talk some White Sox baseball. Of course, Alyssa, the in game host for the Chicago White Sox, yeah. So she's as close as anyone mm-hmm. else. Uh, but we do get to talk to a super fan and super analyst, Vinnie Duber. After the break, can the White Sox continue the hot streak after taking the series versus the Chicago Reds? Or excuse me, versus the Boston Red Sox?
4: I like that Chicago Red Sox. Just it's confusing two it's, Sox teams. I hate
3: typing in "socks" and then oh, the Red Sox always coming up as a Chicagoan. That's probably like one of my biggest pet peeves. Is it? Yeah, yeah when your... I'm googling something, I'll be like "socks schedule," and, and, Red and then i will be Sox like the Red Sox up. come up, and I'll be like, "Bro, don't you have just, a just meta tag series. on me? Don't you don't you know where I'm at <laughs> your on my Google location? Is
4: your computer better exactly. now?"
3: Uh, Vinny Dubert joins the show next. Do not go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez. Alyssa Bergamini right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score.
0: we will get you to an all-star game. It should. How about that? An absolute rocket. 21 and 42 on the power numbers, and that was a missile off the bat of Luis Robert Jr., Gabe Ramirez, Alyssa Bergamini, on 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
3: Broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is Alyssa Bergamini, even though she doesn't mind when you call her Bergamini. Yeah. But it is Bergamini.
4: I say Bergamini.
3: Well, now you say it is. Yes, that's, that's, that's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's what the actual name is. I just want people to, you know, people want to say things correctly. That's all, you know. Sometimes you get a you're, pass. You're, you're, you're being you're nice. a professional. It's like with our conversation about Arturis Karnisovus. And I heard Chuck say Karnisovus. I heard Mark Sworsky say Karnisovus. So to me, those are two credible people that I'm sure did their due diligence in their research. But then I asked Cody Westerlin, was it... Yes. And he said it's AK.
4: I say Carnivorous <laughs> because right. Layla has said it like that. Well, so f- I'm, li- I'm listening to my girl Layla.
3: After doing some research, it has been said that <laughs> AK doesn't care which one you call it. So, so, but it just... is Carnivorous because the, the he was saying it and the media, in Denver was saying it from, okay. from what the background is. So,
4: so, so AK.
3: So Alyssa, <laughs> period. Just A.B.? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. Uh, but we do know how to say our next guest's name. That is for certain. And he joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And he's going to be hanging out with us talking some Chicago White Sox baseball. He's a White Sox beat writer for CHGO Sports. Of course, we're talking about none other than Vinny Duber, who I heard. Vinny, you shared a, a, an elevator ride with, with our girl, Alyssa, here. Yeah,
1: yesterday. Listen, when you're at uh, the race, Alyssa is everywhere. And so you're bound to run into her at some point. <laughs>
4: I am that I'm just known as like, oh, there's the White Sox girl. Cause I'm constantly running from the Xfinity kid zone that I'm behind home yeah. plate. So I'm, I'm excited when I get to see, you know, people like you, Scott Merkin in the elevator where, you know, Real I, don't, I don't have to do much moving. I love elevators. Yeah. You're just like, okay. Phew.
3: No elevator chats about the game though, but, yeah, but it was
4: saved it for today. It
3: was a hell of a game yesterday. And, you know, what can you say about the continued success of Luis Robert Jr.? I, he's doing TikTok dances in his grandma's living room, but he's also smashing home runs when he's at the plate.
1: Hey, this is the guy that uh, the Sox team has been waiting for for a long time, right? I mean, we heard way back when he was a, a prospect coming up. You know, he was the six-tool player. He was the Cuban Mike Trout. That was what everybody was saying about him. And, you know, he's been injured, who, who on this White Sox team hasn't, over the last few years, and it's kind of prevented – that, uh, you know, that uh, from coming true. But, hey, here you go. You're seeing it right now. This is the the player who was promised, the uh, the guy who can kind of be that offensive force that can carry a team. And, uh, of course, it, it's not just on offense. What he does in center field is crazy. I mean, we had Pedro Grafose say about, you know, 12 times in a row yesterday, he makes it look easy, but it's not easy. And, and he's absolutely right. We take it for granted that, you know, every time you see a ball hitting the gap, it's an out. And, and that's, that's not the case uh, with every team out there when they're playing defense. So uh, Luis Robert jr. Has um, become that guy. And, and a lot of it has had to do with some of the work that he's done behind the scenes too, because if you'll remember back to last year, even back to early this year, and if you you watched him in the WBC, it was swinging at those pitches that were way out of the strike zone and, and, and looking like he didn't really have a handle on, on, you know, uh, kind of what he was going to be doing up there at the plate. But after a while, Pedro, and, and the coaching staff, this new coaching staff uh, that was brought in to make these improvements kind of broke through and kind of got him to buy in. Luis has been doing that work on pitch recognition, on, on you know, plate discipline, and boy is it paying off. He's not swinging as much at those pitches that, that were, you know, seemingly his kryptonite uh, over the last, uh, you know, year and a half or so, and now he's putting more balls in the seats than just about anybody in baseball.
4: He was just named earlier today the American League Player of the Week. Um, He had two home runs yesterday, 21 home runs this season, 20 doubles. That's before the All-Star break. And when asked about that, uh, I think it was on Intentional Talk, he said he didn't didn't even know that that's what he hit, his milestone. So do these players really not know these amazing accolades that they are achieving? I mean, is he someone that is is humble and is just doing his job and is like, yep, that's a – that's a great accomplishment that i just feeded.
1: yeah it is kind of hard to believe that you know considering we all see it 80 times a game based on the graphics they throw up on the broadcast that these guys wouldn't catch wind of it somehow right. but uh, but no i i guess what i guess what i can say is Not a surprising comment from someone who kind of grew up, so to speak, in the major leagues under the tutelage of Jose Abreu, right? Those are the kind of things that we always heard from Abreu when he was on the south side. The whole, oh, that's nice, personal Mm -hmm. things, yeah, whatever, okay. He wants the team to win. That's what he's focused on. That's exactly what we heard from Luis yesterday. I I asked him, what would it mean to you to, to be selected to the All-Star game, to participate in the All-Star game? You know, a, a big deal for a Major League Baseball player or any baseball player uh, growing up, a kid right now out there, to think that you can one day be an All-Star. That's what you shoot for sometimes. But he said, yeah, it'd be a great accomplishment, but that's, I'm not really worried about it. I'm, I want this team to make the playoffs. I want to lead them to the playoffs. You know, it, it, it is a, a carbon copy almost of what we heard from Jose for all those years, and so I think you can see or or at least hear – the uh the effect that he had on these young guys who are obviously still here as he's playing in Houston these ones who are who are you know the core of this team right now
3: I want to carry this team to the playoffs those are the exact words and that's what we love to hear from stars like Luis Robert Jr because that's exactly what we want to see as Sox fans is the Sox really just you know get on somebody's back and make that make that playoff push we're talking to Vinnie Duber from CHGO here on 670 the score I'm Gabe Ramirez. she's Alyssa Bergamini. um what do you make of the Tim Anderson move uh, to second base for that brief stint? I mean, obviously, he's back in the lineup today, batting second, still, behind Ben Attendee, who uh, is there for obvious reasons based off Pedro Garfield's comments. But Tim Anderson playing second base for that small stint, they said it was because of the shoulder. Do you believe that, or did you think it was really some sort of, uh, hey, here's a, here's a moment where you probably got to look yourself in the mirror?
1: No, I think it was because of the shoulder uh, and and I think that it was because of a very specific thing with the shoulder, which you know maybe might make the casual fan or the casual viewer kind of you know or some just someone who 's not a baseball player uh, you know might think twice like you were just saying there, but I think what it was was for days uh, he was working on trying to get back to to playing shortstop. And he was not confident that he was going to be able to make, from a physical standpoint, that one play, that that throw from deep in the hole at shortstop. That, by the way, he makes you know a, a good number of times. He makes it look good because of the range that he's got and the athletic ability that he has. But it, that one play, he wasn't confident that he was going to be able to make it. You go over to second base. The throws are shorter. You, the angles are, are a little different, obviously. And we saw him have uh, you know a couple of defensive you know miscues or tough plays there um, in just those two games that he played uh, because maybe of a little bit of an unfamiliarity. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it was because of the shoulder. And as you see tonight, you know, after a day of rest yesterday, the idea was the next time he was going to play, it was going to be back at shortstop. And here he is tonight in the lineup as the starting shortstop.
3: Vinny, what do you think about his move to number, number two in the lineup? I mean, obviously, he was a mainstay at that leadoff spot. You know, Ben Attendee playing well, getting on base. Obviously, the issue was a lot of solo home runs, not enough ducks in the pond. But how how do you think Tim's feeling internally? Uh, you've been around the team a lot. You've been around Tim a lot. You've seen him, you know, uh, on this roster, getting moved to number two in the lineup. Do you you know what, what kind of reaction do you think he had uh, from that move?
1: Well, I don't think it's probably that one move. It's probably the the you know, addition of everything that's happened, uh, you know, from a production standpoint on the field and particularly with health over the last year and a half or so. I mean, this is a guy who you dial it back to 2019, 2020, even 2021. I mean, all you got to do is turn on the TV and he's smiling and jumping around and he won't stop talking. He is the epitome of a fun loving baseball player. And then 22 comes and, uh, you know, he's got the health issues. There was that uh, that groin injury uh, in the first half of the season last year. And then obviously what happened with the finger that ended up knocking him out for the remainder of the season late last year Um And then, you know, the team was losing. The team was not performing anywhere close to what the expectations were. He was not performing anywhere close to what the expectations were. And, you know, you, you talk to guys around the clubhouse and they, they put it pretty straight for you. It's not really fun to lose. And, and, you know, Certainly, the focus has been on Tim because he was kind of the face of that, uh, you know, fun-loving group. Hey, they they took his words and made it the marketing slogan, change the game, right? So he's the guy who everybody looks at as kind of the focal point, the face of the franchise, so to speak. And, uh, you know, he's not having a lot of fun because he's not playing well because he's hurt and unable to play well. You remember that if you want to talk about this year, Earlier this year, he had the knee injury that knocked him out for a while. He probably came back a little too quick from that, and and we've been kind of watching him not being at full capability for a little bit there. Now you've got the shoulder thing that's knocked him out for a few games, and the production just isn't there. So, um, you know, you ask how he feels internally, he's really the only guy that can answer that question, but I can tell you that he's, not happy with how things are going from a, uh, you know, from not only an individual standpoint, but from a team standpoint, if you think last year, you know, think back to last year when everybody said, Oh, this is the worst it could possibly be. Look at everything that's gone wrong. (laughs) They were at 500 Mm. finish, a 500 team, this White Sox team, Mm. are you kidding? And then you look up today and they're 11 games under 500, which is much, much worse. So obviously uh, hard to have fun under those circumstances.
4: Vinny, I want to ask you about, Adam Um uh, he's being brought up, recalled, from AAA Charlotte, sending Jose Rodriguez to Birmingham. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. April 30th, uh, it was a Sunday, when the White Sox finally snapped that ugly, ugly 10-game losing streak. And Adam Hazley was part of that, tying the game up on the bottom of the ninth, and that was against the Rays. Um, I know he's not in the starting lineup tonight, but what does Adam Hazley bring to this White Sox team, to this White Sox roster?
1: Well, I mean, you need you need more than just the starting players, right? I mean, you need a bench. And, and so this is a guy that Pedro Grifol has obviously shown is confident in turning to late in games, be it for his defensive ability uh, that is better than some of the other guys that might be starting in the game because they're better hitters, uh, as well as his speed. And we've seen him used as a pinch runner uh, numerous times as well. So, uh, you know, if you get a guy who is not the fleetest of foot, be it uh, Yasmani Grandal or Andrew Vaughn or Gavin Sheets, someone like that, Adam Hazley can go in and run for them and give the White Sox a better chance of scoring a late run. Uh, Similarly, if, you know, uh uh Gavin let's say I believe tonight is the starting right fielder oh no Clint Frazier's starting tonight but in the situation where Gavin Sheets was the was the starting right fielder uh you know you can take him out after the after he bats in the 7th inning say and give yourself a better defensive lineup out there in the outfield uh with Hazley. so uh we've seen that being used i think the idea that Jose Rodriguez goes back down to the minors uh today shows you that Tim Anderson is probably here to stay in terms of the starting lineup and and uh they're not worried about uh him having missing a bunch more time you don't need maybe an extra infielder you could use that spot for an extra outfielder
3: talking to Vinny duber from chgo here on 670 the score gabe ramirez Berger, Bergamini. you know sox won yesterday four to one vinnie and you know when you look at who was closing yesterday kenya middleton seems as though you know Pedro Gifford just kind of you know feels it out by day who who, who does he want to close the game in, in your opinion uh, let's say the season continues. Let's say Liam Hendricks is out for, you know, past the All Star break, way past the All Star break, more th- more than what they're saying. Who's the Who's the closer that you like? Who would you like to get the ball in the ninth inning in a, in a tight game? Assuming, you know, your starter win eight innings. Who Who would be the guy you give the ball to?
1: I mean, Kendall graven has been really, really good this year, and so I think that you know he's the guy who's getting the majority of those opportunities right now. Um, he's a veteran, he's been around, he's done it, uh, and he's doing a terrific job in uh, the absence of Liam Hendricks. That being said, the way that Pedro Grafol is handling it right now is is working. This bullpen has been really, really good since the the first month uh, of the season ended. Uh, Same can be said for the starting staff as well, but uh, the bullpen's been great, and I think that Pedro likes having uh, options down there. It sounded like uh, that... Kendall Graven was maybe not going to be available yesterday. It sounded like maybe Joe Kelly, uh, you know, was not going to be available. And so there's Keenan Middleton able to go in and, and, and perform like that. He's been sensational for them this year. And so, uh, you know, you ask, you know, who would you want? Who's the one guy? Because, you know, that's what everybody wants is the one closer for the job. And certainly when Liam is healthy, he is that one closer for the job. One of the best guys in that at baseball, but wouldn't it be great to have a bunch of guys for the job, right? (laughs) Wouldn't it be great to have a bunch of guys who are doing well? And that's what the White Sox bullpen has right now. Graveman uh, is a ninth inning option. Joe Kelly is a ninth inning option. And Middleton, who has been really good, as a ninth inning option as well. We saw Reynaldo Lopez start the season in that role. It's been kind of dialed back after he really struggled in April. But look up, he's been really good the last couple of months too. So um, the bullpen is, is definitely a strength of this team right now.
4: White Sox starting the series tonight against the Los Angeles Angels. I know everyone loves those late West Coast games. Um, The Angels just won 25-1 over the Rockies this weekend. Vinny, please tell me that is not going to happen because we know the White Sox have been struggling offensively all season, but that can't be the score, correct? (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I would, I would say that that's unlikely. Uh, kind of. Now the one run, I don't know if, you know, the one run might be likely that's happened a couple of times to them pretty recently. And like you said, the offense is really the thing that has been the, the problem area for the White Sox. So the, the, other side of that score might be the case, but i but I just men- as I just mentioned, the pitching staff has been really, really good, and uh, for them to uh, get uh, crushed in such a manner would be very uh unlike them and unlike how they've uh, done really since uh, the end of April. Obviously, if you go back to April, I might have to say, oh well, anything 's possible the mm-hmm. way that that team was playing back then, but in May and June, the pitching has been just excellent, and and that 's what Pedro keeps saying is if the offense can finally rise to match it then they can do what they've been trying to do, which is dig out of this hole and and kind of climb to the top of a really bad AL Central division.
3: Sox with a minus 60 run differential right now. They're on a two-game win streak. They're six, six games uh, behind first place Minnesota. Before we let you go, Vinny, updated, realistic uh, probability in your mind whether or not the Sox win the division, yay or nay.
1: <laughs> Ooh, uh, you know, it's a great question. I, I, I think I'd probably have to say nay right yeah. now, but the thing is that it's right there. All they got to, you know, I, I would say nay just because, they haven't really showed over the course of what's almost been three months of baseball now that they have the capability to go on that run, to go to put a bunch of wins together in a row that would really close that gap. And so I would have to imagine that that gap will continue to stay, even if it's not big, even if it's not a big gap, it'll probably continue just based on what we've seen from both them and the twins and the rest of the division. Um, But that being said, that gap is not very big. It's only six games, like you said, and really, a couple really good weeks of baseball or, or three really good weeks of baseball here, and there's plenty of weeks left in this season, and it could be a totally different story. It's just that we haven't seen it yet.
4: Vinny, I want to ask you quick, as a media member, are you liking the pitch clock? Because being at the games, I like the pitch clock, so I want to ask you.
1: I love the pitch clock. <laughs> I, I also love, love it. love the pitch clock. I do not know if uh, we have not yet found out. I'm not sure uh, what award I will be voting for this year. But if I had the MVP, I think the Pitch Clock wins MVP. (laughs) There we go.
4: I I am with you on that. I'm voting for
1: that.
3: (laughs) Hey, Vinny, uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, man. Great stuff as always.
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate
3: it. Vinny Vinny Duber, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Vinny, D-U-B-E-R, man. Of course, White Sox beat writer for CHGO, doing some great stuff over there. Vinny seems like a cool guy. We've never met in person.
4: Vinny has the best
3: mustache. Oh, I could tell by his Twitter profile picture. Uh-huh. There's no doubt about that. But just seems like a good guy. I like He's people great. that like the White Sox. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you can get. That's why you and I get along. That's why I
4: think that's it.
3: Like we really, we really have a love <laughs> for the White Sox deep down inside. So it kind of just works out that way.
4: It's it's uh, we're, we're part of a squad that is just. We can be tight, happy or miserable tight, tight, tight all at the group. same
3: time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small, tight-knit group. Yeah, Melissa, that, that's Melissa. it. <laughs> um, but Sox do take on the Anaheim Angels tonight. Dylan Cease on the bump uh, going up against Reed Detmers. Should be a victory for the White Sox. That's what you would think. I mean, you got embarrassed. Not embarrassed, but they lost lost the series to the Angels last time. Right. And I feel like, I hate to say that they're in the swing of things, but I do like this lineup. Ben Attendee first. Tim Anderson not playing shortstop again at the 2 Luis Robert, Elo Jimenez, Andrew Von Jake Berger, the three through six—that's dirty.
4: And Dylan Cease has been pretty good this year. You just see year after year his growth. Uh, so I feel confident with him on the mound tonight.
3: I'm trying to look up the he weather. Won, he
4: won Tuesday when they played the Rangers, six innings. Um,
3: it's going to be 77 degrees today at first pitch. He's going to be oh, it's going to be so good. I cannot wait.
4: Are you Are you looking at the weather? Yeah,
3: weather in in, in Anaheim. Okay. or in Los Angeles where they right. play. Um, it is going to be seventy two degrees at first pitch. Okay, that's, that's some sound, that's some Dylan C. weather right
4: there. That sounds pretty good.
3: Put it in the books. Take I out, think take out talk, your, your speaking app.
4: about pitch clock, I think it helps him out a lot because he is. I feel like he could be. He overthinks things. Okay, um, just doing certain interviews with him. I mean, he's so strategic. So I think for him, not overthinking his pitches. Here's has the pitch.
3: Helped. Put it right here. And he's like, just I don't, can do that. Just
4: don't think about it too much. It's like with golf. Don't overthink it. Just, just swing.
3: Does Dylan Cease ever yeah. smile? You ever seen oh my him smile? Gosh, yes. Like Does he smile? Not on the mound. When he's on the mound, well, he's all that's about his business. He's, he's,
4: at, he's at work. That's what I'm he's saying. focused.
3: Like, I want to see him tell a joke.
4: Really? He has all those, there's always funny White Sox I'm content about, me about and, him.
3: Me, and, me personally, I just want to see him tell a joke. Okay,
4: we'll find a but picture. But it's like serious Dylan jokes. I want him to be like
3: funny, funny. I don't know. I got high expectations for my pictures.
4: He He actually is, he's secretly funny.
3: He's one of those guys? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Like,
4: he likes...
3: You got to really know him in order for him to open up. He
4: likes, like, cats and... uh, Oh, really? I got
3: to... (laughs) Okay. Frisbee. All right. We got We we do have some things in common. All right. You do. It is Gabriel Ramirez. It is Alyssa Bergamini. It is 670. The score on the other side, Steve Stone had the opportunity to talk to Mully and Ha earlier today. He had his thoughts on what his expectations are for Dylan Cease uh, as the rest of the season continues. What are those? And... More importantly, what were his thoughts on the fact that the Sox lead the league and walk off wins? Did you know that?
4: I That's did. Awesome stuff right there. Seven. All
3: right, we'll hear from Steve Stone after this. Do not go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez and Alyssa Bergermini right here on Chicago Sports Radio. 670, the score. Gabe Ramirez, Alyssa Bergermini, we are the hosts for two. Fourths. I depending on how many teams you're trying to calculate for, (laughs) the Fire, the White Sox, and then who do you have left? You got the Bulls. You got the Cubs. The Cubs don't have an in-game host, do they?
4: No.
3: Okay, so you got the Bulls, then the Blackhawks. Do they have an in-game host? They They do. do, Right. Mm -hmm. What do you know that person's name?
4: Uh, Jenna Rose. Damn. Shout out. See, that's your good John. All right. And why am I drawing a blank on his last name?
3: I'm sorry, John's good enough. John. John
4: Hanson, John Hanson. Oh, it's John, John Hanson. Yes, yes, yes. From like WCIU. Yeah.
3: Oh, that dude's he's kinda, awesome. He's
4: like us. Like you are doing a little bit of yeah. radio, some hosting.
3: John Hanson's has
4: got it up. Very much
3: legendary. Been around for a very long time. Yeah, they do great. Got to give him his flowers. Dude, dude does his due diligence there. Um, yeah. So two two fourths then of the host. Because ho- what other team would there be?
4: Um, That's it. Oh, Windy, the Red the Stars. Windy City Bulls. My friend does the in-game hosting. Oh, there. for real? Yeah. Daryl. Shout out Daryl. Shout out Daryl.
3: The Windy City Bulls. Yeah. Okay. All right.
4: Um, I mean,
3: there's a small fraternity of us.
4: Right. How, should, how's your season
3: going? We should get together more often and do that. Um, the Fire. I, I got to be honest, man. I, I say it. I can't say it enough. When I I'll be very honest and say that I, when I took the gig initially, it was like, yeah, whatever, going to be hosted for the Chicago Fire. Didn't think much of it. Just like mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing my job. That thing is. A hundred times cooler than I could have ever imagined. Exactly. A hundred times cooler. Just because I'm a Bears fan, so you get to walk on Soldier Field right. every single game. You, I, you know, via, you know, through B96 and 670, the score, there's just so many people that, you, that get to hear you over, you know, my 15 years on the radio. And so when you go to a game where there's 25,000 people there, a lot of people know you. So they're mm-hmm. like, you know, so you feel good in that sense. And then the yes. team's really good. Kai Kamara, <laughs> Shakiri. I mean, I think there's some really good players. And then let's not forget, I mean, I didn't know at the beginning of the season Messi was going to be playing for the Fire on October 4th in Chicago. Yeah,
4: you Chicago. said that's a
3: hot ticket. <sighs> You're going to hook up with tickets, right, Gabe? That's what that's, what yeah, that's Let, what he told us, right? I, yep, I, yep, he told us I'm that. hooking everyone up with tickets. Everyone that wants tickets can get them. <laughs> Just not, October, <laughs> just not to the October, just not to the October fourth game versus Messi. You can have, what, do, you can have whatever. Do you people
4: want. stop you in the stadium and say, "Oh, I just saw you on the big screen"?
3: You're the. They say, "Right, right." You you would probably yeah. get used to. it. So they'll be like, You're the guy from the you're the guy uh-huh. from the TV. Everyone. Or you're the guy from the screen. Every-
4: White Sox girl, you're the you're the girl that was White just up there. Girl. Oh my God.
3: We <laughs> yeah. were just there. It's the best.
4: I'm like, hey, how you doing?
3: <laughs> I know. And then I'm always I always have friends there at the game, like I'm sure you do. Yes. And so I'm constantly like, Net-
4: you're networking. In That's the what stands.
3: I call it. Oh, the networking yes. I call it networking. Okay. Well, so I'm in the stands and then like I'll have my mic because I gotta make I always uh-huh. gotta hold it with me. So then people see you with like the earpiece and the mic, yes. and then you're like chilling in the crowd and they're like,
4: Hey. Oh, and, does everyone so- also say we want an interview.
3: No, thankfully oh not. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I get that
4: five times a game. I think
3: I look like a little bit too much of an a-hole to, to oh. get, get an interview. I'll just be like, yo, what up? <laughs> hey. I got to do this one. Like, hey. And I, and
4: I like having the in-ears in because I'm like, I can't hear you. Yeah. What would you say? Pe- oh,
3: hey. People are very nice, though. Like I said, a lot of people gave. Oh, my God. Chicago
4: fans are nice through and through. I've I've noticed that from going to different ballparks, different stadiums. I always love coming back home, going to, you know, whether it's Bulls or White Sox. I'm like, this is... This How, is our family. Chicago's Midwest, nice. The
3: best with all this stuff. How do you do? Like, so we get a script for all of our hits. Mm-hmm. Do you have somebody holding the script next oh, to your Gabe, thing? Gabe,
4: I memorize those babies.
3: It's too much for me.
4: I I think it's too much to read off of something. I just
3: highlight certain parts, and so I freestyle it, and then I just have my <laughs> highlighted parts that I have to remember. and Gabe. Oh, you you know I'm not memorizing no, I, that thing.
4: I, I I can truthfully say from the beginning of my time in game hosting till now. I get the script. I look at it. I've, I've learned to not memorize it word for word. That's yeah. really where people can you get You look like off. a
3: memorizer, though.
4: I, I, You're you know super what's so prepared. Funny? I'm this is one of the most prepared
3: people <laughs> I know in sports.
4: I don't know lyrics very well, but I could recite any script from okay. any year. So I don't know what that yeah. says about me. How many spreadsheets
3: um, do you currently have saved? Though? Yeah, right, 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 right. She does. I have. I take like the screenshots tabs. on my
4: phone, <laughs> yeah. and then after the, after I'm done with that hit, delete it.
3: I read it one time. Bin. I read it one time. I know what the main markers are. I highlight them. And then when the thing goes through, I'm like, what's up? It's Gabe. Hey, don't forget. <laughs> Got to fill up the truck, man. $25 for every donation. And then I'll just, like, highlight the website. And then I'll highlight, like, something else. Just the else. keywords. They, they, they just want the goods.
4: Yeah. They don't you, care about Are you the on, like, a time limit with your reads?
3: It's so funny because, like, they'll have timed, like, on the reads, it'll say, like, 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't listen. I don't listen to any of that stuff.
4: Gabe, you are funny. You need to come. I just roll. You should be a guest host with me at White Sox.
3: Whatever. Let me know. (laughs) But I'm breaking all the rules. (laughs) I'm breaking all the rules.
4: I'll be like, where did Gabe go? This is top of the third.
3: I'm th- I'm in the. Bu- I'm in the bullpen throwing th- pitch out sessions here. You would. You would
4: for sure leave 100%. me.
3: No, no, no. I'd be right there. But I would just. Be you'd be you. like on script, and I'd be like saying other uh-huh. things.
4: I'd get maybe I'd get nervous. Yeah,
3: you wouldn't. You wouldn't no.
4: You know what? It would be fun. Maybe like the last game of the season or something.
3: The thing is this: the shows that we've done together, you know, whether it's QL or or here on Six Seventy The Score, you know, I have. We have time and and I have control, so this thing works. You do,
4: <laughs> right, right. It works. If,
3: it, if I had like leisure time to just kind of tw- tw- tweedle my twiddle my thumbs, <laughs> I'd probably mess the whole thing up. No, but, yeah. uh, but there's there is uh, the team that the team. The fact of the matter is the team that we both love is the Chicago White Sox. I am jealous that Alyssa Bergamini gets to be the in game host uh, for that squad. And Steve Stone, who calls their games, was on with Mully and Hall earlier today, and I thought it was interesting some of the stuff he said. Uh, first and foremost. On the Sox leading the league in walk-off wins, which Alyssa said you said the number was seven? Seven.
4: That's
3: inc- I mean, that's one of it's those statistics where you're not sure if that's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. Obviously,
0: if you're drawing walks and you do hit the amount of home runs that the Sox have started to hit as the weather has heated up, I think you're going to have multi-run home runs. Consequently, you're not going to have low-scoring games. But because the Sox don't walk and because their on-base percentage is very low, when they do hit their home runs, overwhelmingly – they are solo homers. When that happens, even if you hit three or four, as we've seen, it still is a close game. And a close game does set you up for walk-off wins when when you're at home. So, uh, I mean, that, that's uh, – it's really exciting. It's something you would just as soon not happen. You'd like a little more daylight between the, between the ball club and the team they're playing, but it doesn't happen very much. And so when you're not scoring a whole lot of runs, when you're not walking, you're not putting a whole lot of men on base – then you're going to play those close games. I think that contributes to the walk-off wins.
3: Well, listen, when you see that statistic, what does mm-hmm. that mean for you?
4: He he brings up a lot of good points because and as you alluded to, you don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because they should be ahead earlier in the game, but they have had a lot of these comeback wins, um one that we just saw Saturday against the Red Sox. So, I'm I'm actually in the Camera Wells, um before the game ends, so I'm pretty close to when they have the walk off wins. So, for me, the experience, I'm here for that. But it is a, it's interesting. It's an interesting stat that with seven walk off wins, they lead the MLB in that. Uh, I think more of those at home than away. So, yeah, if they could just maybe get some runs earlier on that are not just solo home runs, yeah. I think everyone would feel a little bit more comfortable about that. And that's
3: that. why they, they mixed up the lineup a little bit. You see Ben leading off now, T.A., the two-spot. So that should be interesting. But, you know, the pitching has to continue to do well in order to give the Sox the opportunity to be in those positions. And Steve Stone, with Moly and Hull talked about specifically the productivity of Dylan Cease and what his expectations are for him.
0: Well, look, Dylan – Looked at uh, the video, and he went over with Ethan Katz, and realized he was opening up too soon. It was a mechanical problem, and he has solved that. So I anticipate a good ball game for him, uh, and I, I think I think at his best, he still is one of the toughest pitchers to hit in baseball. I love to see when that slider expo- explodes away from the right-handers and down and into the lefties. Last year was one of the toughest pitches in baseball to hit, so I think that coming back has really keyed. Uh, what he's done and his body of work is pretty good overall uh when you play the angels you play an angel team that's trying to do two things number one they're trying to get to the playoffs and they've got some magnificent players over there obviously trout and otani are probably better than anybody back to back in this league however they're also playing to keep otani and to keep otani they've got to get into the playoffs they believe i mean they would like to win it all obviously but They believe getting into the playoffs might allow them to keep Otani, which is something that the fans want, the organization wants, everybody wants, and we'll see if Otani wants that. But in order to do that, he has stated he wants to win, plain and simple. The money, he's going to get a bundle of it. There's no doubt about that. He just wants to uh, put on one of those rings or get into the playoffs, and the Angels are playing for that.
3: It's interesting to see that, you know, obviously he's talking about Otani, but, you know, bringing up Dylan Cease. And we heard from Luis Robert Jr. earlier where these guys want to get to the playoffs. These guys want to win. These guys want to play at a high level. And I think they're ready. I think where they're at in their major league careers, they've, they an, they've had enough trying to develop themselves, and they really want to get to the dance. And, and they've had a taste of it in certain years versus the Astros and such, but I think now they feel like they're in a better situation and more capable of winning a series than ever before. So mm-hmm. we get a chance to see what those White Sox can do. Another team— that is sitting pretty uh, in their particular division. Of course, we're talking about the Chicago Cubs just three games back after splitting against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, can they continue their hot streak uh, after winning eight out of their last ten? Uh, to answer that question, we get to talk to Taylor McGregor from the Marquee Sports Network and ESPN. Does she think that the Cubs are primed for a nice run through the month of July? We'll talk to her after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Alyssa
2: Bergamini right here at Chicago Sports Radio. 670, the score. <sighs>